Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes that they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandi Van Ormer, coming to you solo again today just to introduce this latest of the editions of the Challenging the Status Quo panel series webinars that we bring on Finance Matters. This latest show was a panel discussion with Andrew Salins, the Finance Engagement Matter Manager, <laughs> Scott Adams, the Director of Business Services, and Reagan Harris, who's our Travel Expense and Card Program Manager in UVA Finance. These folks were together to discuss the UVA Finance Service Model Project. Andrew and Scott work on the finance engagement team and are putting together a future support model that will enable our departments in UVA Finance to better serve their customers using, among other things, the tool Salesforce. Reagan of Travel and Expense is representing the department that was brave enough to be the pilot department for the first rollout of Salesforce. They had an interesting and lively discussion about what the implementation has meant to the department in terms of continuous improvement and identifying ways to deliver service better. So with that said, I'm going to stop talking and let the panelists speak for themselves. Thanks for listening in. Welcome to the Challenging the Status Quo panel series sponsored by the Continuous Improvement Committee. I'm Angela Knobloch, FST Workstream Lead for Change Management and Continuous Improvement, and I'll be serving as the moderator for our panel today. The purpose of these panels is to hear thoughts and ideas on how to challenge the status quo successfully. Um, this series includes panels from finance senior leadership, finance managers, individual contributors, as well as team members of FST. Uh, these are all recorded and will be available on the continuous improvement co uh, community. Please be sure to check out the community for additional ideas and resources. You'll even find a dedicated category on how to challenge the status quo. Now, today our guest panelists will be sharing how they are challenging the status quo in a specific project focus around the future state service model. Uh, our panelists today are Scott Adams, Director of Business Services, Andrew Salins, Finance Engagement Manager, and Reagan Sheriff Gay, happy to have you here, uh, who is our Travel Expense and Card Programs Manager. So, First of all, um, I want you to give the, our audience a little bit of understanding, some context around what this project is about. And I'd like to start with you, Andrew, if you could start giving a little context to what's going on with the future state service model. Happy to. Thank you, Angela. Um, so, the, so the finance uh, future state service model um, is really about thinking of how to bring the way that finance provides service uh, and what the stakeholder experience is like, how to bring that together in a more unified way across finance. Um, right now, uh, you know, the experience that many uh, stakeholders have are that they, they know people in finance that they work with and that they interact with, um, but they have many different relationships uh, with those, those individuals. Um, and they may have many different uh, experiences in how they, they, they receive service as a result of that. Um, 
and on on uh, and they may not realize that there are more connections uh, within um, because of those unique separated uh, sort of individual service experiences. Um, so what we're really looking for is uh, how we can provide a more unified experience mm -hmm. um, across finance uh, and think about how a, a stakeholder interacts with finance as an overall uh, organization um, and try and provide more consistency and standardization in that. Um, so we're looking at, at putting things in place to do that. So Andrew, how does that challenge the current status quo? I mean, what, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, the, the, the uh, current status quo um, you know, is that every unit within finance provides services in its own way, uh, uniquely and sort of in a, a single stream uh, from unit to customer or to stakeholder. Um, the challenge in that is, is how do we do that uh, with more of a mindset towards the customer, the stakeholder, um, thinking about their experience of, of getting many different types of uh, service experiences from finance overall right now, right? So if I'm the, the end user, the stakeholder, um, I may get service from one unit via email, uh, from another unit, yeah. I may have to call them. Um, from another unit, I may have a person versus a, an email list. Um, and I may have very different types of response times. Uh, mm -hmm. Some may want things via email, some may want via form, um, some might want via a system. And there's just a really broad range of, of uh, different experiences that may come as a result of that that may not be very consistent mm -hmm. um, and may make me think that, uh, you know, it's just sort of very unlevel. Um, yeah. And it may seem as though there's not good coordination on the back end. Right? And yet the Which stakeholder or that customer experiences finance, right? Like they're, they they're, they're looking at it as... yeah your finance. And so right. it's right. really changing the lens of all of us kind of operating and we'll just kind of take care of our thing as if they're that, that stakeholder is like 10 different people when they're really one experiencing yeah. all those areas. Exactly. Okay. So, so what we're really trying to do is reframe services as a, an interrelated set of services, yes. which they yes. really are. Right. right. Um, and there's many interdependencies between them but we're trying to actually package the customer, the stakeholder yes. experience in a way that they, uh, they see it as one and they, they sort of experience it as one. It's flipping that lens completely. Yeah. Um, so Scott, tell us a little bit about your uh, connection uh, to this future state service model and, and maybe what you're seeing in terms of uh, challenging the status quo, just kind of generally with it. Sure. Um, uh, so my connection is a, uh, my team will be in part support and with, along with Andrew um, and the customers, so business services as a whole. Um, and I feel like our, so I think the real experience is that what we're trying to accomplish is uh, a service model that um, is first and foremost focused on that customer. And the, the um, challenge is is to empower our service providers in having um, uh, a clear path um, um, for providing that support. Um, and 
in both a unique way. So Reagan's really talked about that we still want to personalize that service, yeah. but at the same time, commoditize it, homogenize it, like to make it right. simple and path, um, easy. So okay. we want to make it so that um, uh, the service providers don't have to deal with overhead, that they're actually able to connect with the customer in a more personalized way without having to send email back and forth or get lost in the chain and pass it back to the next person. You're freeing That's them up the of chain. those non-value We're freeing things. the overhead. Right, the chain, right. the, 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 we are changing the landscape in the sense of we want to empower the uh, free our service providers from overhead, spreadsheets, it, it email It sounds loss. like it could be a great win-win, right? Like I get to better service the customer because I'm not dealing with some of those uh, non-value little things and I have more of that focus. So what I'd like to do then is hear from Reagan, who is one of those uh, service providers in a role like that. Reagan, tell us a little bit about your connection to this, this project right now and uh, how you see it challenging the status quo. So the travel and expense team is the pilot group uh, rolling out um, this, this project. So we are really excited to um, be able to really jump in and, and decide um, some of the, the categories and, and ways that we can use this to um, not work just for travel and expense, but for all of finance. So some of the decisions that we're making are gonna be um, cross are going to cross all of all of the the entire organization. So um, we're we're trying to make really good choices and really good decisions that will help us, but that will also help all of finance to make those um, those those broad categories that will will help everybody to make everything consistent and to give that best customer service experience that we can give. So um, you know, as Andrew was saying, right now everything is kind of coming in and all these different systems and all, all these different paths and we want everything to come into a single um, a single process and leave out all of the extraneous um, mm -hmm. all the extraneous extra things that don't that people don't need so we're, we're trying to make things as, as clear as possible and so we're um, we're asking lots of questions we're making lots of choices we're um, doing lots of testing uh, we just went live on Monday in travel and expense and ah. so we are having um, a really fun time. Um, so yeah, let me just stop you there for a moment, Reagan. So a fun time doing something new that is change. Yes. How has this become fun for your group? It's been really exciting for our group because travel and expense as a team has always been really open to change. Um, our group has just been um, from the, the particular team that we have now that's come together just in the last couple of years has been really open to change and, and accepting new ideas and coming up with new ideas. They've always been a group that has been willing to um, look at, you know, look at the processes that we were handed and, um, and just say, you know, ask why and ask, why do we do it this way? Ask, how can we make it better? And so they have been a really good group um, to be the pilot group to, for this project because they have um, looked at our processes and um, then looked at the, the project and, and asked, you know, what can, how can we make our processes work with this? Do we need to change our processes to fit with um, the way the system works? Because 
we've learned from from previous from previous projects that it's not always best to try to make your processes mm. or to make a system change to fit your processes. Sometimes we need to change our processes to fit with a new system. You just don't want to automate a mess because then all you get is an automated mess, right? Exactly. If you don't change the way so, you look at it. Okay. Yes. So we've we've done a bit of of that in our team. So. Our team has, um, you know, that I'm not being facetious at all when I'm saying that we are having a lot of fun with this. They've done a lot of testing and they are um, really excited, um, asking lots of great questions. We've um, just really been, been. Have they been engaged this. in this process, preparing for the pilot from early on? I mean, how engaged have they been? From almost the very beginning, the team has been involved. So. I started working with Andrew and Scott with, um, you know, some preliminary questions and some preliminary ideas. But I, from from nearly the beginning, I took my notes from our early meetings back to the team every week in our team meeting and said, "This is where I am. This is what I'm thinking. Do you agree with what what I'm coming up with?" And got their input from the very beginning to make sure that they were on board with my ideas. That, that's so important. Uh you know, when we think about change or challenging the status quo, um, people don't like to be challenged. They like to be involved and engaged. And it sounds like the only, you know, the reason you've gotten to fun is because they've been part of the journey with you. So I'm going to stand back for just a moment and, and take our lens a little broader and just, and I'll, I'll start with Scott on this one. When you, when you hear challenging the status quo, just Kind of generally, what, is, what does that mean to you? We're using this term like we all ex understand it. So we'd kind of like to know your perspective. What does it mean to challenge the status quo? From my perspective, the first place I begin is I am very service oriented. So challenging the service, the service oriented towards empowering people. So how, how, how as an IT background person can I empower those around me? It's not about what I want to accomplish. It's about what they want to accomplish. What is their mission? What is their... And so for me, it goes back to what I was just saying a few moments ago, and that is how can I free them so that they are more empowered to do what they are best at, right? So that you have um, uh, people that can focus on the details and the, the reporting necessity, focus on the critical nature, the quality of the data that they're trying to provide, um, so that they can uh, be a friendly smile to somebody that needs a, ho a new hotel or a hotel at immediate notice. Like that, that's how do I empower that to make that instantaneous? How can I empower that to be the best quality of work? So stretching into our values uh, that so helps support this core goal of service-minded uh, or service-minded mentality. So. It's almost like you challenge yourself on how can I make this better for them? Like, you know, the mm -hmm. setting that bar of how can I do that for them? So for you, challenging the status quo is, is looking at ways of making it easier for other folks. How about you, Andrew, when you hear that term challenging the status quo, what, what does that mean to you on a little globaler level? Realize I was muted. Um, I, real, I, I think that I would, uh, say I would stress the continuous improvement aspect, um, right? So, from my point of view, um, you know, we we're always approaching it, um, thinking about just how can we make it better. Um, you know, there's always there's always the state of where things are, 
um, and there can be familiarity and sort of comfort in that. Um, but there's always opportunities to, to change and improve, uh, to make it more efficient, to make it more consistent, to make the end user's experience better, to make the internal operation uh, easier. Um, you know, and, and so we, I, th I think we're just approaching this always with a mindset towards continuous improvement. Um, you know, and, and in our project planning for this, uh, that's even a factor in it uh, from the very beginning. Um, we set out sort of a, a base model of, of how we're uh, building and preparing uh, a group for launch, but we see it always as building beyond that too. So, you know, after launch, we don't stop. We'll just <laughs> continuously iterate and improve. Um, and things that come out in new groups subsequently will feed back and benefit the earlier adopters as well. Um, you know, and so this, this just becomes sort of a, an ongoing uh, continuous improvement effort indefinitely. So Reagan, anything to add to Scott or Andrew's perspective about what it globally means to challenge the status quo in your mind? Yeah, I do have a little to add. Um, so I don't have a technical background at all. So my background's in travel and in customer service. So I come at it um, from a little bit of a different angle because I'm always just saying, is this a possibility? I'm just kind of dreaming and saying, I don't know what the system can do. Can this happen? Can we do this? Is there a way to make this work? And they're like, um, no, that there are system constraints that, that this can't happen, but we can do this. Or, you know, I'm just dreaming off the wall. Can we do this? Can we do that? And they're like, no, but we can do this. So, um, you know, that we work really well together that way because we can, we can, you know, I'm just dreaming because I have no idea what the, what the system can do or cannot do. So I just ask wild off the wall questions. Can we do this? Can we do that? And then they either come up with a way to make it work or a, a, an alternative to make, to make it work, to get the best customer service um, solution. And, you know, we're just really, um, as, as a team, we're just really looking forward to providing the best customer service and a better way of doing things overall. So, um, adding value and, and delivering great customer service and then looking down the line at being able to improve other processes from the data that we're able to gather from this program. So being able to, you know, run reports and see, oh, you know, we, we're having a lot of issues around this one process. And so then we can then improve that process from the data that- yeah, That data is gonna inform other areas that you can challenge the status quo, um, very targeted and intentionally. So I'm, I'm wondering, uh, you know, maybe uh, do this to you, Andrew, is, um, and I know it's early in this, this project and the, and the pilot and whatnot, but I know you've been working with some groups. Uh, what are some of the results that you're seeing or progress that you're seeing around folks challenging the status quo with the future service uh, model? Um, yeah. Well, you know, sort of leading on or extending on uh, things that Reagan talked about, about their team changing. Um, obviously their team is the pilot and they're, they, they've been very open-minded um, about rethinking their processes in ways that, um, you know, may be very different than how they have been doing things, but that in the end will be much more beneficial to them as a team. Um, I think that that's, that's one thing. Um, but sort of taking a, a different direction uh, in terms of changing the status quo, um, 
the broader context for this service model is that we are not thinking about this exclusively as a finance issue. Mm -hmm. um, we are actually partnering with HR mm -hmm. and in Salesforce, which is the system we're using for this service model, um, we are now coexisting with HR in a single system, which is the same thing that's obviously gonna happen with Workday. Um, and, and that has involved uh, challenges in thinking about the status quo um, and in thinking about you know, culture and, and how processes are the same or different. Um, and it's, it's a major change for the university and uh, trying to bring those things together. Um, but we, we've, uh, I, I think, aligned with the rest of the things we talked about, about continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. We've thought about that as, as a series of uh, ongoing improvements. Um, we're not trying to solve all problems immediately. We're trying to make some changes that can lead to better and bigger changes over time. Um, and so right now, uh, you know, we are two organizations existing in one Salesforce instance, and we are largely operating separately, but we have put pieces in place that will make it possible in the future to actually have services more integrated um, and to you be able started to- started that journey at least towards maybe that, that vision uh, and, and working on those relationships yep. with folks to help. Uh, because I know it sounds like with Reagan's area, something that's been so helpful to them is they have the, they have a singular vision about how do they want to provide service mm -hmm. uh, and that good, great customer service. So it sounds like that focus is on the vision. And as you are thinking about HR and finance working together, you may have a have a vision and you're kind of walking that road together to try exactly. to figure that out. Okay. Scott, anything that you'd like to add about what are some things that maybe uh, you're seeing um, as this journey is beginning? Yeah, so Andrew is talking about a really high level, right? UVA combined uh, divisional organizations, uh, HR and finance. In, in the long term, there will be a maturity model that develops more holistically. We'll be able to share easier, better collaboration. But at a lower level, the there's challenges to each of the different areas that we'll see. So Reagan and team, they are they had a, a higher maturity model in terms of their process. They already examined their processes. What we're doing at a lower level is that there is no process specifically written down and that they were challenging folks that maybe have never done that before. They're, they're, they're giving, we're giving them the opportunity to challenge themselves to take part and take ownership into that redevelopment of process. And when they start examining, when you actually take a step back and you examine what you're doing, you know, you've always provided great service. You're very friendly, you, you responsive, but when you actually take a step back and you say, well, how, well, maybe we can do that better. And we're empowering them to take ownership themselves to take part in that. So at a really high level, like Andrew spoke about, but even at a low level day-to-day -day business that seems so common and so normal for people to do every day, if right. you sometimes you write it down and examine it, it gives you a different perspective uh, and it gives you the opportunity to do continuous improvement, to challenge the status quo yourself. You bring up such a great point that different areas, different teams are going to be at varying degrees of their comfort or progress along what it means to challenge the status quo. And it sounds like in this 
project and this initiative that kind of starting with wherever they're at to help them begin to, to look at that. Um, so it is a continuum, isn't it? What it means for Reagan's area to challenge a status quo might look a little different in, a, in another area as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I wanna to go to the finance values and how does this project uh, align with UVA finance values? And I'll, I'll, maybe Reagan, we'll start with you uh, on that one. How do you see what, what's piloting this and going along with this? How does this align with um, those values to achieve the finance vision? I think it, it really aligns with almost all of them. I mean, it helps us be a collaborative partner by providing service excellence, um, being an impeccable source of information um, that also allows us to be a collaborative partner uh, the data piece allows us to be, uh, leads us to strategic continuous improvement. So it kind of fits in, um, in every category, um, just about, so. Well, and I'm looking at, I happen to have off screen here, the, the overall finance vision around being a valued and trusted financial partner, ultimately yes. is that vision for, for finance and the values are ways that we achieve it. And just this initiative alone provides so many opportunities to um, really display those various values uh, to begin to achieve that mission. Um, it's like this whole project is about the vision uh, and, and so many components for it. Um, Scott, in, in terms of your perspective about these values uh, and the vision for finance, how does this project um, enable that? Yeah, so I actually was thinking about this quite a bit. And uh, so I, I came up with an analogy. So I think that we're on the service excellent ship, right? This, uh, this is a focus of this particular project. It's about service excellence. But yet, it's not that we dismiss the other values or anything. Actually, they're empowering. They are the rudder. They are the source of fuel. They are all the things that are giving us the backbone to continue on our journey and our vision of service excellent at this moment. At other times, we are more focused on collaboration as a partner. That's a different ship. But this particular ship has a focus, and we are empowered to, uh, to drive forward and create the vision necessary for UVA finance by the other values. It keeps us steered in the right direction. Oh, I love that analogy. Okay, Scott, we may need to get a graphic of that. Uh, it seems like in every panel we get a quotable or, or imagery. Uh, I, I just, I love that. Um, Scott, have you had to, to learn to boat um, along working with Scott now <laughs> with his analogies? Uh, anything else that any of you wanna add about the values? Yeah, I wanted to add in one thing. So uh, I, I agree with the things that were previously said. Um, but the diverse and inclusive teams wasn't called out specifically. And, and I, I think that it adds, uh, there's an important component there um, in what we're doing as well. Um, you know, so one thing that we're, we're trying to bring in through uh, the approach in the service model and in Salesforce is we're trying to, trying to bring more transparency to how work happens. And with transparency, um, there becomes more uh, opportunity for recognition and inclusiveness in in everybody uh, in the provision of the services, right? Um, because right now, if if services are delivered through individual email boxes and um, on on separate lists, and there isn't sort of a coordination and alignment uh, or visibility of it, 
um, then I think a lot of the work that people do ends up not being seen, right? And isn't directly valued. Um, and so the way that, that it's being built, there is much greater transparency around that work. The data is automatically available for reporting and uh, you know, in dashboards, which I, I think can give more credit and more direct uh, value across the organization to the individuals who do that work. Um, so. Andrew, that is phenomenal. What a wonderful uh, connection to all of this yeah. and such an important point, um, that transparency, being able to celebrate and even just recognize um, how we're doing. Um, I know you're getting a lot of baseline data these days, but you'll have even more data to show those trends and those, those different uh, uh, improvements at, at a touch of a button. So um, fabulous. Well, I have one more project specific question and then a couple more general ones as we um, start to wind down our time together. But this one is, you know, what, what's the impact if we don't challenge the status quo in this project? What's the impact if, if, if you don't? And um, Reagan, maybe I'll jump back up to you for a moment. Hmm. What if we didn't? we would just be stuck, which is not a good place to be. Um, I mean, I think, you know, where, where, you know, where we are, where we were um, with, with everything just being all, all different sources of information, all different, um, you know, the, the different, um, different, different forms of communication, the emails, the, the systems, the forms, the phone calls, and the different um, response times, and all of that um, is just not um, not a great um, not a not a great overall look for finance. It's not moving forward. It's not um, not a not a great look. So I think to move us forward to um, give us a consistent professional. Um, a professional um, outlook is a good thing, but also to have that data that we're going to gather to be able to have those process improvements is really, really important. Okay. Thank you, Reagan. Um, Andrew, anything you wanna add there? Yeah, uh, one thing that we haven't talked much about in, the, in this session, um, his preparation for workday, right? So uh, we have to get this in place so that we have a, a coordinated service model um, for when Workday launches, because there will be a barrage of support needs. Yep, that and was my next question. Well, what if we didn't? What if it stayed the way it was right now? What impact do you think that would have on Workday launch? Uh, it will be very challenging to provide efficient end user support um, in the current state. Right. Right. It, it so will, it this all works be, together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it totally does, yeah. And it's exciting that you have the runway to do this and work at this now and, and pilot and work with the different groups. Um, the timing that you will have uh, some of your lessons learned and, and iterations um, will really go well with the Workday launch as, as well and, and let folks begin to experience that, that future state service. Scott, anything else that um, you'd like to add about what if we didn't? Yeah, the first thing that comes to me um, when 
terms of thought is that we're failing our customers. We're failing our obligation to what our constituents are. And I would, you know, I'd start where university. So our faculty researchers and our students, right? Are we, it is our job to provide the best possible service as an organization, right? So we're not, we're not just finance, we're representing all of them. And if we fail at the, the, the um, our ability to support them and their needs, the constituents being the students and the faculty, and then the staff as well, right? If we're failing them, um, then that is what it is not uh, where we want to be, not at all. So awesome. we can't well, fail. Yeah, we can't fail. I love it. Failure is not an option. <laughs> um, and it sounds like you've you've got just a tremendous runway of, of setting up the right things here. So it's pretty exciting to hear about what you're doing. So um, I want to take kind of a, a step back again with a little bit larger question because we've gotten this from other um, stakeholders that have been part of these panels and that is, is there a time you challenged the status quo and it didn't work out um, or you got resistance or, or pushback, you know, whether as an individual, as a, as a manager, not specifically talking with this project, but, you know, folks have said, well, if I step out and challenge the status quo and it doesn't work or I meet resistance, I don't, you know, like, I'm afraid to do that. So I'm kind of curious what your experiences have been in the past around um, meeting some resistance or it didn't work out when you tried. And I'll pitch that to any of you who might have uh, something to share. I can jump in. Okay, Andrew. Um, yeah, absolutely. This, <laughs> it happens all the time. Um, I, I think that if you're open-minded about change, if you are trying to make change happen, then you will encounter that situation. Don't be surprised um, is, is what you're saying. <laughs> I think you should expect to encounter that, um, you know, because there are so many reasons why things, uh, so many different conditions that, that uh, can cause uh, that sort of friction. Um, you know, sometimes people aren't ready, organizations aren't ready, the mm -hmm the systems, the financials, you know, there's so many things that can get in the way. Um, it doesn't mean that it isn't necessary or the right thing to do. It just might not be the right time to do it. So um, how do you, how have you handled that in the past when, when you've been in that situation? I think you just have to, you know, it's part of the continuous improvement mindset. You just have to continuously um, reassess and think about, you know, what, what the reasons are um, that you're having those challenges, um, you know, and, and think about whether, whether it is, whether what you learned from it was that it was actually not a good thing to do, or whether it was the right thing to do just at the wrong time or the wrong way or the wrong place or the wrong people, you know, um, and you just adjust, you make adjustments and, and you carry on. Well, I love that folks shouldn't be surprised and because and there could be a lot of reasons for it um scott or reagan any any experience that that you've had where maybe it hasn't worked out or you felt resistance definitively there we definitely have encountered times when there was resistance or uh the right timing wasn't there but i, I think it's also taking the longer the bigger vision of the universities ah. and that is that what you're doing in your mindset of challenging the status quo is that you're setting up for the future, right? Maybe that introduction, the timing wasn't right for the, that group of set of people or the circumstances or the project, 
But what you've done is you've, you've laid some beginning groundwork for challenging, for again, empowering people to think differently, right? And that the opportunity may exist later to revisit that. Or it's like you're another planting person, seeds, right? You're planting a seed. So it's basically to wait for hope, right? And uh, the, you're, you have to have that vision, the bigger vision and move on. So don't find it as failure. Don't take it personally, but it is a set of circumstances that politically maybe it will, or the financially or whatever the circumstances are preventing it politically, you know, it's often the case sometimes, but sometimes it's financial. Maybe that you're just setting up for the future. Okay. And, and Reagan, anything that you'd like to share? Well, travel and expense as a team um, that's been in existence since about 2015 when I started um, has been in constant change. I mean, we're, we're constantly changing and um, in, you know, introducing new programs and new projects and new uh, systems and new trainings. And so there's always um, resistance to things that we're introducing, but we just have to, you know, encourage people to, to understand that, you know, without change, we can't move forward. And so um, we just have to keep going and, and keep, you know, keep, we have to stay positive and we have to help our users understand um, why we have to change. And, um, you know, if, if something doesn't quite work out the way that we planned, we just, you know, learn from those mistakes and keep moving forward. Um, because, you know, with, without change, we, we don't move forward. So mm -hmm. we just learn from our mistakes and keep going. I'm curious how um, someone on a project uh, might challenge the status quo on sort of a, a daily basis. Let's say I'm a member of a project team. Sometimes we talk about these, you know, big, we got to make these changes. But what are some of the, the little ways that might be challenging the status quo that um, someone might be able to, steps they might take? Andrew, any, any yeah. thought on that? Yeah, a absolutely. Um, so in the context of what we're talking about here, like service model um, and in Salesforce, you know, everybody who is providing service um, through this, this model and, and even in the services that aren't in this, um, aren't in Salesforce yet, um, you know, looking at daily processes, looking at the things that you do and the things that are repetitive that you could do a different way um, and not have to spend your time on in that way, you know, those are always opportunities to think about how to do uh, more efficiently and, and uh, more easily. Um, or, you know, sort of reframing in a different way, um, thinking about how somebody else would do it if, if you ended up not being available to do it, right? Like the backup mm -hmm. mindset, um, you know, and whether they could do it in that mm -hmm. circumstance, right? And what's, mm -hmm. what's needed to put in place. Because in, in any of these situations, um, you know, I think there's always part of the path forward is thinking about how to, uh, how to move on to something else, right? Um, so the things that you do today that are repetitive, think about how to automate those so that you can do something more interesting or more challenging, mm -hmm. more fun, more exciting uh, the next day, um, instead of having to keep doing a monotonous task that, that uh, may not be very satisfying and frustrating over time. It's almost like start with yourself and look at what's painful for you and yeah. 
what can you do about it? <laughs> you know, a common thing I've been hearing from all of you really throughout this discussion is it's asking questions. Um, it, it really challenging the status quo isn't necessarily that you have the perfect solution, but that you're asking a lot of the right questions. That's what I'm, I'm definitely hearing as, as we've been talking. Scott or Reagan, any sort of daily thing that you might recommend? or that you've seen folks do to challenge the status quo on your, on your teams? I think you touched on it with that asking questions. Yeah. Um, we, we ask a lot of questions in travel and expense. Why are we doing it this way? Can we change this? Can we, can we modify this? Can we automate this? That's a big one for us. Can we automate this in some way or another? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm noting that we are down to just a few minutes left of this panel discussion. So I have one question that I'd like all of you to, to make a comment on. And that is, what, what is one tangible thing someone watching this webinar could do today to start challenging the status quo? And if there's any other final idea or thought you want to make sure that the, our audience hears today. Um, Reagan, might I go ahead and start uh, back with you? Sort of what's the tangible thing that you would recommend someone do and then any other um, insight you'd like to share? I would say look at one of your daily processes that you don't enjoy doing and ask why you do it that way. <laughs> Andrew's like, wait, I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> now you need another one, Andrew. Uh, but it is really the challenging yourself. I, I love mm -hmm. that. And Scott? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is, do I have to create a spreadsheet a new spreadsheet and share it via email. Is there another way I can do this in order to collaborate? So as much as there's automation, is there a better way to collaborate? So the efficiency Ooh. can be gained is how can I challenge myself to be collaborate differently or more effectively, not just automate. So automations is Andrew's been pointing out and Reagan pointed out, but how can we collaborate more efficiently? And it's how can I better align with our values in the way that I do my work? Mm -hmm. um, fabulous. And Andrew, I guess you need to come up with a, another idea as well Sorry, to build Andrew. on <laughs> something someone could do specifically. Um, well, I, th I think uh, it's sort of an extension, I guess, of, of what Reagan said. Um, I think I would say, uh, write down your process, mm -hmm. right? So pick a process that you do and write it down and think about it in a step-by-step -step linear way. Um, and that is a, a really good immediate way of starting to figure out how to make things better and how to challenge the status quo. Right. Wonderful. Well, definitely questions, looking at oneself, look at the opportunities right in, right in front of you. And, and I love that it's a journey right, towards a, towards a bigger vision. And I just really want to thank um, Reagan and Scott and Andrew for this dialogue today. Our time went really fast and it was exciting to hear about what you're building and what you're piloting, Reagan. We'll be looking forward to learning more about what your team um, does and some of those metrics as it rolls out across finance a critical important uh, initiative and project in order for us to truly be trusted financial partners. So thank you for the work that you're doing. And we just thank everyone for participating today. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks for having thank us. You.